guys want to pull out your Bibles if you have them. Uh, we're going to be reading out of the book of John this morning, chapter 13. If you don't, they'll have it on the screen, but I didn't intentionally skip forward uh, in John, but seeing as we did, maybe we'll, uh, if Rory takes where I leave off, maybe we'll be done before the end of next year. So um, I think I think maybe he's listening. So um, that was for him. Uh, <laughs> so you guys, just a little, I'm, we'll pick back up where we were last week, but um, just a little background on where we are in the gospel here. It's So it's time for Jesus, the time is coming near for Jesus to be crucified. Um, So he's had his last supper, and he's washed the disciples' feet. Jesus then proceeds to inform the disciples that one of them would betray him. After that, that that disciple being Judas, after Judas leaves to betray Jesus, he tells the disciples that where he is going, they cannot come. And then we pick up uh, in verse 34, and it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So a, a new, start off by saying, a new command I give to you. And so we know that based on the Old Testament, that the command to love one or one another isn't isn't new. Leviticus uh, nineteen, eighteen says, "You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself." So, so if the command to love people isn't new, what's what, what's what's the deal here? And and so when Jesus says, "A new command I give to you that you love one another, just as I have loved you." The word new here speaks of a freshness um, rather than like a fresh perspective, rather than something new like I've never seen this before. Um, So the command is fresh and new because now we have Jesus as the example of how to love one another. So before we have love your neighbor and now we have love love your neighbor like Jesus loves your neighbor. Now, the love that Jesus shows his disciples and us is a sacrificial love. Jesus says in John 15, 13, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So Jesus is talking about loving your brothers and sisters in Christ with a love that is full of sacrifice, full of self-denial. A love that places a regard for others over yourself. But Jesus didn't stop at loving just his disciples or those that would call him Lord. Jesus laid down his comfort, his kingship. He laid down all of his rights, including his life. He he became a servant. He came as a servant. Because of his love for us, he walked a perfect path of obedience to the Father, fully knowing that the path would lead to suffering, death by crucifixion on a cross. So as 
So let's look at probably the most most commonly memorized verse in the Bible. Um, John 3.16. So for God's, we'll look at 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So 16, people... People memorize that verse, but sometimes we leave 17 out of that. And, and it's important because it says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So God is in the business of saving souls and loving people. So now just take a minute in your head here and and compare your love for people to Jesus' love for one another. Romans 5, 6 and 7 tells us, you see, just at the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. So Jesus' love for people is, is a love that he dies for them. But, but our love is is probably better described in verse 7. It says, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. So we see, again, Jesus' love is sacrificial. He loves us to the point of death, and he tells us to love one another like he has loved us. Are we sacrificing all things for each other? How about... Our time, our money, our house, our homes, our cars, even our own comfort. Jesus is always the example, you guys, to follow. We may not actually die for someone, but we can still be sacrificial in our love for them. We can at the very least fill the squeeze so they do not fill the pinch. Perhaps, perhaps you're in the camp that says, well, my relationship with Jesus is a personal one. I love God. But people, well, I love some, but there are so many that just take and take and take and take and take. And it, and it becomes draining. But Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 6, Verse 32 through 36, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you, lo- and if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. So do do we love people and expect nothing in return? What about those that seem to take and take and take? Is not everything that we have belong to the Lord? 
I know, I know sometimes it can seem foreign to us. But Jesus is reminding us we don't get to choose who we love and who we don't. We love those that Jesus puts before us. He didn't die for some of us and not for others. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 4 through 6 tells us God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. There's one God and there's one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all. Are we showing partiality in our love for people? James chapter 2 tells us we walk in sin if we show partiality. Genesis 1 chapter, Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So woe is to us if we show partiality because we were all created in the image of God. We must remember that we are one beggar showing another beggar where the food is. We must also remember that at the foot of the cross, you guys, the ground is level because we're all sinners kneeling down before our Savior. Are we loving people that may be hard to love? Where did we learn to love? How do we love and where did we learn, learn it from? First John tells us, chapter 4, verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we can learn to love by looking at God's love for us. And likewise, we love people because God first loved people. God shows us how much he loves us by sending his son to die for us. That is God's grace to us. We don't deserve it, yet he gives it to us. Does your love for one another extend grace to other people as well? Matthew 18, verse 21 says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. So Jesus isn't saying that you only literally forgive somebody seven, seven, seventy-seven times and on seventy-eight you're free to just do kind of whatever you want. If those rules applied to us, from Jesus, we'd be doomed after the first day. We've been forgiven much. Shouldn't we too forgive much? What grudges are we holding on to that hinder us from loving people like Jesus loves people? So, <clears throat> think about this. Jesus knows that Judas is going to betray him yet he still washes his feet. 
just hours before his betrayal. So look through that lens for a minute. What does your forgiveness look like? Do you harbor hate or frustration for your neighbor? Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Your love for God is on display through your forgiveness. The world is watching us. Verse 35 in our text says, By this, all people will know that you are my disciple if you have love for one another. Does the unbelieving world look at your life and know that you're a disciple of Jesus by your love for one another? Does the unbelieving world look at our lives and know that we are disciples of Jesus by our love for one another? The Lord uh, often does this, I feel like, for me. Um, I was studying this week and realized... Man, if the Holy Spirit doesn't use the Word of God to convict anybody this week, he, he used it to convict me. Verse 35 is talking about our love for one, uh, a love for one another that 1 Corinthians describes, chapter 13 describes as patient and kind, a love that does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not... It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Patient, kind, not arrogant or rude, not insisting on its own way, not irritable. I'm not sure that those would be the words Lauren would use to describe me at home sometimes. The Lord convicted me this week and I'm <clears throat> that that most times I can be opposite of those things. Not patient, not kind rude, irritable. I need Jesus. And I'm thankful He came to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. We live in some interesting times. As always, the world needs the love of Jesus. 
if you go onto any social media platform, it's, it's just absolute chaos. I know I asked this earlier, but does your love reflect the love of Jesus? Are you worried about slamming a politician or laughing at a meme more than you're worried about representing the name of Jesus? See, over and over and over, we get frustrated with people and we forget that we should first be ambassadors for the one true king, Christ Jesus, our Lord. James 1, 19 and 20 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For the anger of a man does not produce the righteousness of God. We cannot profess to love God and not love people. Jesus isn't interested in our lack of authenticity. He's not amused. He doesn't fool him. We are called to be salt and light in a dark and tasteless world. If we don't love well, we won't do anything for the kingdom of God well. In fact, no matter what we do, if we don't do it in love, that is modeled after Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says we're nothing. We have the medicine that the world needs. We must be dripping with humility. And love, or we lose our ability to be heard. People may not like what we have to say. They may be offended to hear that they need a savior, that they aren't good enough on their own. But if our words and actions are saturated in love, love for them, they'll they'll listen. We earn the right to be heard. Now, now we, we can't measure up to loving people like Jesus loves people unless we're abiding in the Holy Spirit. We will fail on our own. John 15, 4 through 8 says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. 
Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. They're Jesus' words to us. Jesus is our source of life. Without him, we are destined to be thrown into the fire and burned. If we remain in him, we can ask the Father to empower us by the Holy Spirit to love people and to show the world we are his disciples and he is faithful to give increase. The Holy Spirit will help us love people in a way that they will want what we have. The power that will live in us is the same power that rose Jesus from the grave. You guys, if if you're like me and, and God has revealed to you your inability to love people on your own. I just encourage you to come running in repentance to the feet of Jesus and cry out for his sufficient grace. He is faithful to answer the door when we knock. When we seek him, he finds us. And when we ask, he gives generously. I'm gonna I'm gonna close in a song today that um, I, I love it. Around Christmas time, especially, it's um, Cloverton's Hallelujah. It's a Christmas Hallelujah, and you guys, it walks through the birth of a Savior all the way to the death on on a cross. It just reminds us of. of God's graciousness to us, of his love for us. Just encourage us to pursue him with all that we have.
Cross was my cross too. Still, every breath you drew. 